Very exciting topic. Um, I think it's uh, sort of famous that this is a topic, but a lot of people maybe not, don't know too much about the topic. Um, this is a topic of which there are many, many books written over the last uh, century, let's say. Um, perhaps uh, most famously or importantly, I have here two volumes from Abchaim Noah, um, Shuri Torah, Shuri Mikvah, and then Shuri Tzirin in the back, where he really did tremendous investigative research. Um, obviously nowadays with the internet and archaeology and many more things we have access to that he didn't have, so there may be some adjustments, but in his time he was certainly a pioneer in um, groundbreaking work. Abraham Noah was a very prominent Chabad Rov who um, lived in Jerusalem. He passed away, I believe, in the early 50s. Um, so so um, he was certainly a pioneer in this whole topic. Um, then uh, another very famous, I'll just mention a number, a couple of names of the Sfarim that I've been using. Um, there's a very famous <coughs> Benish, who has written a sefer called Midoy Sushiure Torah, which is a widely quoted sefer. There's a, about a 400-page sefer, 500-page sefer called Hidure Hamidus that I've been using. I have a PDF of it. And similarly, another few hundred-page sefer called Zayis Ranon, and many others for it. Okay, let's get to it. Everybody knows that there are many things in Torah that have to do with the Kazayis. Um, eating is always considered a Kazayis. Um, and most famously is matzah on the night of the Seder. Why is that the most famous? Possibly because it is the only mitzvah nowadays whose, um, which is an eating mitzvah that is of biblical nature. Back in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, Moreh was also there, Isa. Similarly, there were other karbonis and trumas, and there were many things that was a biblical mitzvah to eat them. Nowadays, the only biblical mitzvah that we have is to eat matzah. And of course, uh, we know the importance of eating matzah on the night of the Seder, the bread of faith, the bread of health, and the Rebbe encouraged so much to mitzvah mif- matzah. So we all know it's important to eat a kazais on the night of the Seder. However, it's also important to note, note that all all measurements in Torah, whether it's Kazayis, Kebeah, this or that or the other, and similarly not just measurements of volume, but also measurements of distance, are interlinked. Because, um, well, first of all, volume and distance are interlinked, essentially, but even volume and weight may be at some level interlinked. But the point I, what I'm trying to make is that getting an accurate picture of how much is a Kazayis may also affect how much is a revias? So how much do you have to drink for the four cups? You have to drink a revias. How much is a revias? So um, uh, anybody know how much a revias is? Uh, three, three to four ounces. Three to four ounces. That's a, quite a b- broad range. In Chabad, the accepted practice is based on Reb Chaim Noy that it is 86 milliliters, which is, I think, 2.9 or three ounces. Um, we'll see soon that there may be other, um, other things as well. But of course... There's a lot of adjustments to be made. Tonight, today we're going to primarily focus on Kazais, and as you can see, it's really a very broad, vast discussion, and what I want to attempt to do over the next hour or so is to just give you a, not just, to give you a highlight and a summary of the major topics um, involved over here. Now, the word Kazais, what does the word Kazais mean? It means like an olive. So if I ask you how much is a kazayis, well, you might say that's a very strange question because clearly an olive is an olive. Like how much is how much is how much is a how much is a cup? A cup is a, you know it's not an olive has a size, and uh, that's that's the size of a kazayis. Kazayis is like an olive. So why are you even asking me how much a kazayis is? 
and indeed um, there is a tshuva from the Goinim. The Goinim is the generation of Chachamim immediately post the Talmud, and there is tshuva Sakoinim quoted where they asked him, um, where they asked uh, how much is a um, how much is a keseves and how much is a zayis, and anyway, the, and part of in part of the response he says to them. He says, I don't understand. These are the measurements. The measurements are like a date, like an olive, like a... So wh- how, why are you asking me to give a measurement to the measurement? That, that is the measurement. <laughs> like the question seems to be a bit of a, um, a strange question. And he says, if you ask me to give you a weight, well, weight is irrelevant. And this is a really important line in the Chuvah Sakainim. The weight is irrelevant. We're not interested in the weight of the olive or the date or the whatever it is. We're only interested in the volume. Um... And uh, there's uh, many other similar stories like that. Um, and you could just take a tissue and wipe it or whatever. Okay. Um, so let's get back to... Now, the truth is that um, you might already be thinking that um, surely an olive is much smaller than any kazais you've ever seen. You go to your seder, people give out a kazais, and uh, surely that seems much bigger than an olive. So what's going on over here? And towards the end of the class today, we'll get back to that question. Um, but I, I should point out that it seems, I mean, if you look through the stories, and in these forums that I quoted before, they bring a lot of these stories, it's clear from all the G'dayli Yisrael throughout all the generations that they did not use such big kazesim at all. I know it's making noise. They did not, you could take a different paper from my office. They did not use such big kazesim at all. Um, and... Um, it seems like it was more sort of in the in this generation or the last two generations post the World War Two that it became in style to 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 make very big kizasim. Um I don't know why. I could conjecture that it's a combination of the fact that um, in general nowadays it's a generation where we the, the sort of the style is to have more chumras, um, to be more strict about things. Also, it's a generation where we have Baruch Hashem. Um, affluence, so whereas once upon a time you might have had a seder and all they could get their hands on was one matzah for everybody to share, nowadays we have uh, 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 plenty of matzah to go around, Baruch Hashem. And uh, perhaps there's also some element of in the generation after the war, a lot of people didn't have a masoira, they didn't know what their parents or their grandparents did, and people forgot things, so they sort of had to try and to some extent reinvent the wheel. Whatever the case is, I mean, certainly people who were. Um, at the Rebbe's storeroom, who watched how much the Rebbe ate, the Rebbe did definitely ate what we would, by today's norms, consider to be very small kazesim. Um, so the Rebbe definitely didn't have anywhere near a half of a matzah, and probably much less than a quarter of a matzah um, for, for a kazais. Um, <coughs> this is also true of other G'dayli Yisrael. We're going to get back to this later, but I'll mention a couple of names, big names. Um, there's a story of the Avni Nezer, I think, that he, he, he took a regular, also, he took a, maybe 100 years ago, 150 years ago, he took a, he took a regular spoon and he put a, a third of, of, of a knedel, a third of the spoon full of a knedel, and he said, oh, this is a kazais. Right. Um, similarly, many, many other stories like this. Sorry, that was Rebchaim Velazhen, not the Avni Nezer. The Avni Nezer was a different story that he, somebody asked him how much is a kazais, and he showed on his finger, just basically somewhere between the end of the nail and the first knuckle. He said, that looks like an olive. Like, why are you asking stupid questions? An olive is an olive. Right. Anyway, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself over here. Let's go back to the beginning of the sugya, the way it is in halacha, and then we'll get back to this. And so, um, 
I'm going to read this to you from the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch in Simen Tov Peivav, which is the laws of the Seder night. Um, this is parallel in other Paskim. I'm just choosing the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch because that's what we're choosing. Kazayis Amr B'chol Mokim, when the Torah talks about a Kazayis, we don't mean a big one. We don't need a small Kazayis, we don't need a big Kazayis. Alabainani, we mean an average kazais. Zayas Anikra Aguri, this Zayas is referred to as the Aguri species of Zayas. So within olives, there are different subspecies of olives, and this is the Aguri species, which nowadays has been basically identified beyond the shadow of a doubt of exactly which species this is. Shashamna Ogobasoikh, which is a, um, has a lot of um, oil in it. Now, how much how big is this olive? Shurai. Some say that it is like half of an egg. And some say that it is a little bit less than a third of an egg. Now, um, who are these two's, opi- two's opinions? So the first opinion is Toysus, Rabbeinu Tam, in three places. Now, Toysus has a problem. Well, as we'll see soon, Toysus lived in the, to- the Bali HaToysus lived primarily in the north of France, um, where olives didn't grow. Now, Rabbeinu Tam most likely never saw an olive. Um, we could see that, and not just Rabbeinu Tam, if you speak to, nowadays we have uh, imported goods and canned goods and whatever, but if you speak to people who are from Europe, from before the war, they will tell you that in their youth, they never saw olives. People who grew up in Hungary and Romania, they never, olives was not something that was around. Um, now, how do we know that Rabbeinu Tam never saw an olive? Most likely, first of all, because... Um, it's, um, he lived in places where it's not possible for olives to grow. But besides that, from this discussion that we're about to say, how Rabbi Tam, he has a whole cheshman, how big is an olive? So he says, you see in this Gemara, it says that an olive um, can fit in the throat. And you see that. So he's making mathemat- ma- mathematical um, formulas to try and figure out how big is an olive. And he comes to the conclusion that an olive is about the size of half an egg. And when he says half the egg, by the way, he means the egg without the shell. Now, um, the, the egg without a shell is um, would seem to be only about 10% smaller than an egg with a shell because there's the thickness of the shell and also at the bottom of the egg, between the hard-boiled egg and the shell, there's like a little bubble. Elamaisa, the Paschim, the Rishonim, who talk about it, say that a beg, beg, an egg without the shell is about 25% smaller. So it's unclear to me how they got to that number, but whatever the case is, Rabbi Natam is talking about half an egg without the shell. And um, and even and even b- b- other Bali Hatoysfers who have the same problems, the same contradictions in the Gemara's Benatam, come up with other formulations of how to answer the Gemara, and they they don't accept Rabbeinatam's premise that um, uh, 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 that an olive is half an egg. So Rabbeinatam is one possible interpretation to fit all the Gemaras together, which we don't have the time to get into right now, um, where he comes to the conclusion that it's in half an egg, which is, of course, uh, yeah, which, uh, like we said, other Balayatesis disagree with Rabbeinu Tam. And by the way, another way we know that Rabbeinu Tam that never saw an olive was because he writes that an olive is sweet. And um, <laughs> this, that the Gemara says that an olive was bitter, he said that's the tree. The tree of, he, he believed that the twigs of the olive tree were bitter, but the olive itself is sweet. So obviously somebody who had seen an olive would never write, say such a thing. Um, actually, in the Indian, it's interesting to note that um, the same is true about pomegranates. Many of the Rishonim um, never saw a pomegranate. Mm. And even the Samach Tzedek, who was one of the biggest Rabbanim in his time and wrote many Chuvis in Halacha, 
it's clear from his chuvas that he never saw a pomegranate because there's many chuvas where he's busy trying to figure out what the size of a pomegranate is and he has a whole question he doesn't understand because Toysfus says, says that a pomegranate seed um, is small but how could it, if a pomegranate is a kazai, is, is a tefach that's what it says, that the size of a pomegranate is a tefach, so how could it be that the seed is very small? So he obviously, that someone, he obviously never saw a pomegranate to understand how that works. Anyway, back to the case at hand. Now, then the second opinion, so again, the first opinion that the Alter Rebbe brings is that a, a, a kazais is half of an egg. The second opinion is that it is a little bit less than a third of an egg. Um, now, the second opinion is the Rambam's opinion. Now, the truth is, the Rambam doesn't anywhere, as far as I know, talk, not, the Rambam doesn't anywhere talk about what the size of an olive is. So how do you know what the, where do we get this third of an egg thing from? The Rambam tells you that a kiseves agaso, kiseves agaso means a, a, um, a, a, a fat date. A fat date is the shir for Yom Kippur. In order to be chayiv malkus for eating on Yom Kippur, you have to have eat a kiseves agasa, the amount of a fat date. How much is a fat date? So the Rambam says a fat date is a third of an egg. Now we know, perforce from many sugyus, it comes out that an olive is less than a fat date. Right? Now, we don't know how much less, but we know that it's less. So from there we get the opinion that the Rambam says that it's a little bit less than a third. Right? So... But the, the, the point is a little bit. Oh, now, how much less than a third? So here in the Alter Rebbe Gufa, there seems to be a little bit of a contradiction because he says it's a little bit less than a third. And then he says, okay, so how do we paskin? So Ba'atzam, we paskin the Iker, well, the Iker, the Ba'atzam, Reb Chaim Noah, in his Sefer Shiratari, Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim Noah elaborates at great length to prove that actually primarily we paskin that a, the, like the lenient opinion that it's a third of an egg. And like we said, it doesn't really mean a third, it means less than a third. And that's why, for example, in Shulchan Aruch, not in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, in the regular Shulchan Aruch, in any other place where it talks about a kazayas, like in the laws of Erevin, etc., he doesn't bring how big is a, a, an olive. Only in Hilchus Pesach, when it comes to the mitzvah matzah, does he say that, there is an opinion that an olive is the size of half an egg. Why does he bring it there? So the Mepharshim explained, because when it comes to matzah, which is a deraisa, we want to be machmir, we want to be strict, like all the opinions, so we, that's why the Mechaba brings it that opinion. But the main halacha, and again, Reb Chaim Noy in his Sefer Shuri Torah um, um, very uh, much elaborates that really me'ikar adin we paskin that, the, like the smaller opinion, that an olive is less, less than a third of an egg, and only for kazayis matzadei so do we have to be machmir. Now I'm emphasizing this because in the Mishnah Brura, he, he, he says that you should be machmir even even for derabanons, even for things which are derabanon, you ha- should be machmed for the shita that it's like half an egg. Um, but we for certainly for for chabad, the Alter Rebbe says very clearly that only for derais so you machmed that it's half an egg. Um, for derabanons, we certainly paskin that it's a third of an egg. But then the Alter Rebbe finishes off, and this touches on Rabbi Marinelli's point. The Indian bracha achreinu brichas amazon. In other words, whichever way you go, there's chumras and kulas both ways. You could say, oh, you only ate this amount of matzah, it's not a kazayis, you have to eat more. But if you're going to say that's not a kazayis, but then if you eat that much, do you have to say a bracha achreina? Well, maybe it is a kazayis. So it's not a chumra to say a kazayis is bigger. In some areas, it's a chumra to say a kazayis is bigger. And in other areas, it's going to be a kula, a leniency to say a kazayis is bigger. So for, that's what the Alter Rebbe finishes off here. That as far as a bracha achreina is concerned, um, because it's a Suffolk Brachas Lahakal, because you don't know for sure 
um, whenever there's a doubt of making a bracha, you err on the side of caution. So therefore, you should not say a bracha until you've eaten the size of half an egg. But lachatchilu, you shouldn't get yourself into such a situation. So don't eat. Um, let's say if you're having a cookie, don't eat. Um, Either eat less than a third of a, an egg or eat more than a half. Don't get yourself into that twilight um, area where we're not sure. Um, but so, so how much should you eat? So here the Alter Rebbe says, either you should eat half an egg, a lot less than a third of an egg. So whereas in the beginning he said a little bit less than a third, here he says a lot less than a third. Now we haven't yet seen anybody addressing clearly this contradiction, but, the, but, what, but let's just understand the, 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 the Yusoyed over. Why does the Alter Rebbe say a lot less than a third? In what context? That you shouldn't eat, if you, if you want to avoid the shine of a bracha krena, you should either eat more than half an egg volume, or a lot less than a third of an egg. Because again, no one says that in the Kazai is a third of an egg. All the Rabbam says well, that a Kiseves is a, a less than an egg, is a third of an egg. And we know that a Kazai is less than a Kiseves. Now, there is, seems to be proof from the Gemara that it's a lot less, because in one Gemara, the Gemara refers to a Kazai as a Kol Shahu which usually means a very minute amount in comparison to a Kaseves. So that's why the Alter Rebbe says, Harbe Yoisomikaseves, a lot less, sorry, Harbe Yoisomikaseves, a lot less than a third of an egg. Okay, fine. Um, but, and then the Alter Rebbe finishes off, and the same is true wherever the, the greater, having more is a Chumrah, then you should eat more like the size of half an egg. If having less is a Chumrah, then eat less than the third of an egg. Okay. Now, let's get into what this means, third of an egg, half an egg, how does this translate? So like we've already mentioned, we're not, really, we're not talking here about weight. There's basically no shita, almost no shita at all, that um, we follow kazais by weight. Kazais, as most of the shiratari, are measurements of volume, not of weight. But just, just to clarify, the, the Alta Rebbe, when bringing down these halachos, he basically tra- kind of covered his tracks. That you're 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 basically being careful of chumrah in eating the the uh, quantity that's closer to a third. Basically, the way I understand it, when it comes to the rabbanon zalter is going to be mekel that it's a third. When it comes to the rices, you should be machmer. So, for example, beer chametz, yeah, you need to have a kizayis de raisa. Um, eating matzah, you should have a kizayis de raisa, um, which is half an egg, and also for bracha chreina because suffolk bracha slahaka we go very strict. Say but for example, that. for Marer, uh, this you know what I'll say it already now. It's going to come up later. How many kazaisim do we have by the seder? So you have the kazais of Marer, which nowadays is the rabbanon. So for Mar- for for, for Marer, you certainly only need to have a third of an egg's worth, right? Now, how many kazaisim matzah do you have during the seder? So the answer is either three or four or five. Let me explain. You have one kazais by the first time you eat matzah, which we call meitzi matzah. That's one kazais. Then. You have kairach, which you need another kazais of mara and another kazais of matzah. And then you have the afikaiman, which is another kazais. Now, when it comes to the afikaiman, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch, that lechatchilu, you're supposed to have two kazaisim. It's beyond the scope to explain right now why, but lechatchilu, you're supposed to have two kazaisim. So that, if you can, if you're able to have two kazaisim, then you can. Um, so uh, you, have, uh, you have four. And then there's another thing. When it comes to the first kazais, so there's a question, do you take your first kazais from the middle matzah or from the top matzah? So if you have your own kaira, ideally you're supposed to have two kazais and you're supposed to put them in your mouth at the same time and swallow them together. We'll 
that we'll have another class when we maybe when we review the halachas of Pesach, we'll discuss exactly how that's practical. Obviously, in large part, it's going to depend on what we're discussing here today, which is the size of a kazais. If you have a small kazais, then you understand how it's possible to put them all into your mouth and swallow them in one go. If you have big kazais, then that's impossible to accomplish. Um, but of all, so again, we have a, a maximum of five kazais and matzah for the seder. Of all of those five, only one of them is doiraisa, which is the first one. So the first kazais, you have to have half of an egg, according to mm. Alter Rebbe. For koirech and afikoyimah, according to Alter Rebbe, you only need to have a third of an egg. Plus, even if you want to have a half of an egg for the first kazais, that's only if you're having one kazais. But if you're having two kazaisim, because you have your own kairo and you're taking one from the middle and one from the top, that requirement to take one from the middle and one from the top is certainly only a rabbinic requirement. So what you could do is take a third of an egg from the middle matzah, a third of an egg from the top matzah, and together you have more than a half of an egg. So there's no need to take half of an egg from the middle matzah and half of an egg from the top matzah. Understand? Okay. In addition, I want to point out, we spoke here about everything could be a chumrah and a kula in both ways. Having big kizesim of matzah is not, only, is not only a chumrah, it's also a kula for a number of reasons it could be a kula. I think primarily because there's a problem of eating achila gasa. If you're having such big kizesim, when it comes to the end of a fevikoyma and you're stuffed full and you're forcing yourself to eat it, halachically, besides not being in the spirit of sumchus yamtav, etc., but halachically, force-feeding yourself is not considered eating. So if you have uh, a half a matzah for, 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 for moitzi matzah, two and two half a matzah, because the middle and the top, and then you have a half a matzah for koirach, and another two half matzahs for the afikoyman, and you've had your shulchan in between. By the time you're done, you're stuffing yourself full. That's a chila gasa, al that's not considered eating, so it's yotzos chari behef seidoi, anything you've um, quote-unquote gained by having lost big kazesim is lost in the fact that you're forcing yourself to eat it. So, now, Size well, we're going to get to the size of heaven. We're going to get to everything soon. We're gonna, we're, we're, everything we're going to have exhibit. We're going to show everything hands on. Okay. Um, it's all going to be, and I'm going to also okay. have him. I gra- okay. And by the way, a disclaimer, sort of. Everything I say, I'm going to say in grams because most of the svarim here written are written in Hebrew, which talk about grams. But I do have my gram to ounce conver- converter right here, <laughs> so we'll have uh, um, we'll have everything in ounces as well. Okay. Now, again, back to where we're up to here. There's no such thing as a weight as a Torah volume in weight. It's a volume of, it's a measure of volume, size. Nervous. Sometimes, it's hard to you know, estimate your own size, because you have to have the weight. It's easier to work with the weight. Um, I'm sorry, I missed one point, which I think will make more sense to say right here. And that is, that how big is it, before we get to how big is a kazayas, so we've brought here down two shittas, that a kazayas is either a third of a half of an egg, well, how big is an egg? So, the Neide Behuda, yeah, the Neide Behuda, it's like he had a big problem. When he was measuring for a mikvah, it didn't match up for him, because the mikvah is supposed to be uh, a certain amount of finger breadth, and, and the way he was measuring fingers, by the way, does anybody remember years ago we had Rabbi Cohen from the CRC do a thing over here, and he measured people's thumbs, yeah, remember? And, yeah, yeah. So the average came out like Rebbe Noah. Anyway, the Neide Behuda came up with, it, he had a problem with this, okay, so he came up with this idea, that once upon a time, in the times of Chazal, the eggs would double the size the eggs are today. And by saying that, he was able to um, answer his problems that he had. Now, this shit of the Neide Behuda is what's to, was promoted and therefore is currently colloquially known as the shit of the Chazanish. Hey, is it really true that Neide Behuda said this because he believed 
that just like just just like over time we go down in level in, in Limud Torah and other things, there's like these katnu adoros. I'm not he said the same thing with regard to human size. And it must be that we were bigger back then. It, it, I think that's it. could I, be, but... Uh, that was uh, in the... Uh, yeah, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's try and... Yeah, there's, there's a lot... There's really a lot to cover, so I want to try and um, stay focused on the on the meat of it, not on all the... If possible. Okay. So... Oh, so this is known today as the Shit of the Chazanish. Now, I'm not really going to talk very much today about the Shit of the Chazanish, um, mainly for the reason that uh, certainly in Chabad, um, the Chazanish's opinion is not accepted at all. We accept the, the Reb Chaim Noir's opinion. And it's not just Chabad. Really, if you look through it, all the Paiskim, li- literally all of the Paiskim, um, except Reb Chaim Noir's Shita, more or less, maybe with small variances, but not the approach that nothing has changed, that the eggs today are the same size as they were once upon a time, accept them 100%, and at the very most, the Chazanish is a Chumrah, and what was news to me in re- preparing for this class is that it's brought down from reliable sources from Rebchaim Kanievsky, who was very, very close to the Chazanish, it was his uncle, and the Chazanish himself didn't do it. The Chazanish himself had his own Seder, when he distributed Kazesim to whoever was at the table, he did not distribute Kazesim to the size of the Shir Chazanish. So, again, th- we, could, we could talk for hours and hours about the Chazanish and the tremendous polemics between Reb Chaim Noah and the Chazanish. If you read Shur and you could see Reb Chaim Noah was not very happy about the Chazanish. Everybody accepts um, the Chazanish's opinion, the, uh, the, the Reb Chaim Noah's opinion. Um, we have, uh, there's also, besides, besides in Halacha, there's also uh, a lot of archaeological evidence. They found, um, they found the, in, in Israel, in the archaeology, they found pits of olives, which are the same size as pits of the olives we have today. Um, in Pompeo, which, uh, which was a place, I think, in Italy, which was covered by ash from a volcano, so everything was preserved 100%, and they took measurements of, they found, they found whole eggs, they found scrambled, they found loads of things, and they took exact measurements. hard boy, yeah, everything. <laughs> and, and nothing has changed one With iota, which is um, very clear. Yeah. Anyway, Speaking about Pompeii, I think coming to the Science Museum, there's going to be a Pompeii exhibition. I think it's like whole preserved human beings, you know, from like yeah. Wow, okay, no, no kind and welcome. <laughs> okay, that's now, over there. All right, now, my father actually went to okay. Does the, so, does the, so does one the, second. So, now, yes, does the Chazan Ish in, uh, anywhere yeah, indicate where in his writings, or is it just? eyewitness testimony <coughs> that when he gave about the matzahs it, uh, is there anywhere in his writings where he kind of indicates I don't know about I don't know about in his writings I don't remember offhand right now but it, I could show you here I mean here this is a, a, a this is Reb Chaim uh, Reb Chaim Reb Chaim Kanievsky's handwriting where he says in the name of the Chazanish that in practice you could use the third of the baits, the third of an egg of nowadays eggs, and you can make a bracha achrayin, no problem. So, w- anyway, the point is, we could talk about Rabbi Chaznish another time. Today, we're focusing on Rabbi Chaznish's opinion, which is, for all intents and purposes, certainly for Chabad, and even not for Chabad, is the, what's practically relevant. You want to be machmer, you can be machmer, like we said before, but okay. Now, People don't like to talk in volume. It's too complicated. Eat and eat in olives. Eat, 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 um, eat seven cubic centimeters of matzah. I mean, it's, it's difficult for people to relate to. So we like to have weight. Now, the Torah doesn't talk in weight. The Torah talks in volume. But there's a conversion rate. You could create a conversion rate. Now, what's the conversion rate between weight and volume? So it depends on what it is. Water is... One cubic centimeter of water weighs one gram, right? So 
when you the word in English is specific gravity, or another word is relative density. But basically, uh, this is from Wikipedia, relative density is a measure of the density of a substance in comparison to the density of water. So if you take any given item, and let's say you find the given item has a density half of water, so then you'll know that a cubic centimeter of that item weighs half a gram. Right? That's, that's our barometer <coughs> to measure with. Now, so the question is, we know we have to eat a kazayas of matzah. And a kazayas of matzah is either half of an egg or a third of an egg. Oh, l- sorry, less than a third of an egg. Okay, how much is it? So, Reb establishes that um, half of an egg is 27 cubic centimeters. And Bemela comes out that a third of an egg is approximately 17 cubic centimeters. Now, even though we don't care about a third, we need the Rebbe said less than a third. But good, we're going to go with a third. The, the numbers, yeah, 16, 17, whatever it is. Rebbe Chaimna also adds a lot of places add that you have to eat a little bit more than a kazayis. Sorry, you have to put into your mouth a little bit more than a kazayis because some parts get stuck in between your teeth and um, therefore you have to add maybe some spills out onto your thing. So you add another two grams, he says. Okay. Now, so, in other words, if I had to eat a kazayis of water, I would take on a scale, put 27 grams of water, that's half an egg. If I want a third of an egg, I put in 17 grams of water, and... How is 17 a third of 27? No, 27 is half of an egg. Oh. Uh, an egg is, I think, according to him, 56 or 57 or 55, whatever, yeah. That's the same density? What the same density? Like the mass and water. Oh, oh, so, what, so now we have to figure out, what, very good, what's the density of matzah compared to water? Well, one way to figure out, well, is it the same? Well, you tell me, if you put a piece of matzah in water, does it sink or does it float? It floats. It floats. So certainly matzah is lighter than water, obviously, right? Okay, so certainly matzah doesn't have the same density as water. Now, Reb Chaim Noe struggled very much with a number of things. First of all, he struggled with the Pirush in the Mishnah. He has a whole question on the Mishnah, which the Mishnah says clearly that the holes in the given food count the, the natural, you know, everything, right? It's not, it's not solid like metal, right? It's, it's air inside. <coughs> that it counts towards the Kazayas. Chavna had a question, and he goes into this whole thing where he basically comes out with a maskana, with a very shocking maskana, and this is a maskana that everybody who comes after Chaim Noah disagreed with him on. Um, and in fact, I actually saw somewhere quoted today that Chaim Noah himself backtracked from it, although I have not been able to find any um, evidence of that. I'm not so quick to accept that he himself changed his mind, but it's certainly a tremendous, tremendous chiddush. And basically he says that the holes that I'm start to Kazayis are referring only, he calls them the porous, basically only microscopic holes. We're not talking about holes that you and I can see. You have to know that everything in this world has microscopic holes in it, and the porous, there's a, you know, and those microscopic holes, you don't need to be concerned, those count towards the Kazayis. Um, we... I mean, I, there's obviously many proofs against this, but I think that the doichek, the difficulty in suggesting that, is self-evident. Uh, that's what the mission would be referring to. Uh, now, that's that's one problem that Abraham Noah had. That he was, he said, you could only measure microscopic holes. Another problem was that how do you, it's very difficult to measure the density of matzah. It's just not a diffi- an easy thing to measure. If you want to measure the density of uh, banana, uh, there's a very easy way to do it. You take a big cup of water, fill to the top. You throw the banana in, you catch in a big basin all the water that spills out, and then you weigh that water, and however many water, if the water weighs 20, 20 grams, then you know that the banana was 20 cubic centimeters, right? But with the matzah, it doesn't work. Matzah absorbs, matzah floats. It's, not, it's, it's a difficult thing to measure. 
So Reb Chaim Noah, because of these two things, his difficulty in measuring matzah and his and his um, and his idea that only microscopic holes count. And there's another thing: there was a tradition, a Sfardi tradition, um, that you need that the density of matzah is the same as water. That you have to have that basically you have to have 27 grams uh, weight of matzah. Now. Whether this and Rambam Noah, who lived in Israel, he was familiar with this tradition, and he was trying to square up the reality with that tradition. Now it's unclear where that tradition came from. I saw today that somebody says that that tradition is sourced in the Chemdas Hayamim, um, which is uh, a known Sabbatean sefer, which we're not going to get into right now. But it wasn't for many years. It wasn't known that it was a, Sha- a Sabbatean sefer. Whatever the case is, the exact relevance and import, import and influence of the Chemdas Hayamim is beyond the scope for right now. Is that halachic? Um, what? Is it, not, is, it, is it an halachic work? Or is it you never heard of Chemdas Yom? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, really not for now. Um, it's true. Google it. It'll keep you busy for weeks. Um, <laughs> now, but there's another thing that the Sephardi tradition that Rabbi Chaim Noah was basing himself on, we're not talking about what we have today, cracker matzahs. They were having much, much thicker bread. And that bread may have, in fact, been unlikely that it was the same density as water, but may have, in fact, been very close to the density of water. Whereas the matzah that we have today, as we'll see in a moment, is much, much, much less than the density of water. Now, what is Rukhaim Noah? like Peter. Yeah, but it was thicker than It was much heavier than Peter because oh, yeah. Peter has yeast in it so, it, so it rises and there's bubbles in the pita. The, 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 they were talking about a bread that was, was thick and it was very hard. It was, oh, yeah. It was, yeah? Closer to, so closer to water. So that would have been closer to the density of water. Right now, what does Abraham Noah say? Okay, Tachlis, how do you do this? So he says he ground up matzah into the tiniest pieces he could possibly grind it. And then he writes this in at least two or three places that I saw. I, 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 I put this into a cup and forced this as much with all my possible strength to, to, to thing. And Bamela, I came out that, in fact, the density of this shmura, handmade shmura matzah that I'm holding in my hand is the same as the density of water. This is the most shocking maskana you could possibly come out with. That's what he says. Now, let's just translate before we move on from a kind of... Let me just make sure I understand. He's saying that if you take this and you crush it up and you force it into his cup, it will be the same density of water. This same, yeah. essentially, yes. the same. Like okay. yeah. 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 yeah, like a pill, like a pill, yeah. right? Yeah. Here. Like a, like a mess of what is called. That's consistent with the uh, microscopic <coughs> only. Right? Yeah, Rechaim is no, but like, it, it's so it's merapsin igra on so many levels. It doesn't make sense halachically. What? What's it? igra means it blows off the roof. <laughs> like there's an emoji with the with the with the head for yeah. Merapsin igra, it's a gemara. Yeah, merapsin igra. It's it's a, a mind boggling chiddush on so many levels, halachically, historically, uh, factually, it just scientifically, it just doesn't make sense whichever way you cut it. But that's what Rambam Noah says. Okay, so let, before we move on from Rambam Noah, let's translate what that means in practice. So he's saying, according to him. If you're having one kazais, for the first kazais, you have to have 27 grams. If you're having, if you're having, um, if you're having two kazaisim, so you're going to have two times 17 grams, which is 30, uh, close, almost 40 grams, right? Now, and then for afikoyman, 17 grams for koyrech, well, for afikoyman is two times 17 grams. It's, 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 uh, yeah, what's two times 17? It's 36, 38 grams, right? 34. And 34 grams, sorry, yeah. And um, and and for for Kairach also seventeen grams. 
Okay, let's just look at this. Now, how much is... Now, people say, people who quote Rav Chaim Noah like to say an ounce. Why, we, why, why do we get to an ounce? Because 27 grams is 0.95 ounce. 29 grams, so by adding 2 grams, is an ounce. It's 1.02 ounces, 1 ounce, right? Now, so, but in addition to his major chumrah, that matz is the same density as water, there's another chumrah. That you should add 2 grams. So you have 27 plus 29 comes to... 29 grams, which is an ounce. How much is an ounce? Now, every matzah is different because it's handmade. They're not uniform. And certainly from one bakery to another, they're different. So, for example, um, an average Borough Park matzah, um, I weighed a number of them on the scale. First of all, an av- an av- the one way to figure it out without being so exact is you open a pound of matzah and you see how much how many matzahs are in there. So if there's eight pow- matzahs to a pound, so each matzah is going to be about two ounces. If there's six six matzahs to a pound, then each matzah is going to be less. They're going to be more than two ounces. If there's eleven matzahs to a pound, that means they're very thin matzahs. Then they're going to be right. A borough park matzah weighs on average two and a half ounces. Right? That means, so right here I have a scale. I'm putting it to, I'm going to set it to grams. And here I have one bar park matzah. Let's say this is a little bit more than a half of the matzah. I'm going to weigh this. This is, well, this is 45 grams. Okay? So, let's make it smaller. 32, still too much. Thirty, still too much. Twenty-seven or twenty-nine. There we go. Okay, Rabbi are you looking? Yes. Okay. The biggest possible share. If you want to be a machmer, Rabbi Chaim Noah, plus two grams, so twenty-nine grams, an ounce of matzah in a borough park matzah. This is what it looks like. The biggest possible chumrah you could possibly come up with. If you're eating more than this for your kazais, even according to Rabbi Chaim Noah's biggest chumrah, you're you're you're, you're doing over. nonsense. Over. Right? And a bar park matzah. Now, if you take your Ravlando matzah, or even a, a square matzah, which is a little bit thinner than this, it's going to be more. But this, to me, it's, it's a little bit more than a quarter. Like it's a, a little third. bit more than a quarter. It's more than a quarter, it's less than a third. Now, that's this specific matzah. The matzah next to it in the box may be um, a little bit thinner because they're not 100% uniform, right? There you go. This is 30 grams. Where was my other piece? This is. 29 grams, right? So these two pieces basically weigh the same. Let's make them weigh exactly the same. This is 20. Okay, now I got to 28, okay? So this matzah is a little bit thinner than this. So, but you could see, it's, to have more than that, there's absolutely no basis, even if you want, unless you want to do chazanish. But if you're not doing chazanish, there is no basis in the world to have any more matzah than this for the first kazais. Now let's look at what the afikoyman of the perich is going to look like. Seventeen, right? That's the number for seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. This is eighteen grams. Okay. So this, these two together. No, these two together. For yeah. So Koreich. So Koreich. Yeah. This is eighteen grams. For I mean, Koreich, you need one kazais, right? No, you need two. So need one kazai. One kazai. You're not talking about the Koman. Koyach is the Rabbanon, right? So, 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 so those matzahs that we give out that are called a kazai. They're much better. Now they huge. a third. Yeah, now we're talking about the Rabbanon, you an But it's good that we give them out because if people eat them, then maybe they'll have them for Koreich and Afikoman. <laughs> we're going to see soon. We're going to get much more than this. Again, this is very thick matzah. I hope my scale is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Should I stand on it? <laughs> Here you go. This is 18. I this is, myself recently. This is 18 grams of matzah. Okay, you yeah. see this? Wow. Even a little more. This is a little more than you need for kairich. A gram more than you need for kairich. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry for the people watching the re- listening to the recording. You're going to have to do your own measurements. But no, just hold it up to your hand or something. This is less than the size of your tips of your fingers. Putting it in the palm of my hand, the size for kairich of a barapark matzah, is from the palm, from my wrist, from the palm of my hand, till about approximately my middle knuckle. Okay, that's right. Does that scale have a way of like zeroing it out before you start? Yeah, right now, of course. Yeah, now it's zero. Yeah, now it's zero. Yeah, 100%. Okay, now let's move on. This is all accepting Reb Chaim Noir's tremendous premise that a matzah has the same density as water. However, obviously, like we said, that's not really the case. Um, in fact, by the way, th- there's an f- uh, explicit Rambam, not in the Mishnah Torah, but in Pirish Mishnah, the Rambam writes that the density of flour is about two-thirds the density of water. Now, of course, even with flour gufa, obviously it depends if it's flour of wheat, barley, oat, etc., and even within the same type of flour, it depends how thinly it's grind and the type of wheat, so the Rambam himself acknowledges that. And it happens to be that matzah is less than, than, than wheat, nothing but flour. But it certainly it's not more than flour, so there you go. It's already l- much less than a Okay. Now, nowadays, we have more sophisticated, sophisticated way of measuring things. And there have been numerous um, contemporary scholars, um, perhaps in some way pioneered by Rabbi Benish from Midas Torah, who have taken upon themselves, let's, let's, get a, let's get an accurate measurement. What is the density of matzah? Um, and um, the relative density, I should say. And um, in other words, the density of matzah relative to water. Um, and there's numerous ways to measure it. Uh, Rabbi Bodner in his Sefer Halachas of Kazai is published by Feldheim, which we had in the library, but I was not able to use in preparation of this year because somebody um, kindly borrowed it. And uh, I don't know who or where or what, but okay, we have to get another one. But um, the most sophisticated way of measuring it seems to be, there's, a, there's a number, many different me- methods. Some people measure, put a coating on the matzah so it doesn't absorb water. There's all different ways of doing it. Um, but um, uh, there's the most uh, obvious way seems to be by something called a caliper. A caliper is a very, very exact um, way to measure down to the fraction of a millimeter. And with numerous testing and numerous measuring, there is a spectrum of how, of, from the various experts today, of how much, um, of how much is uh, the d- density of a matzah, yeah? Uh, the relative density of matzah. As low as possibly 0.3% the density of water. But y- your average, Rabbi Benish basically comes out, it's about half, maybe a little bit more than half, 0.55%. It also depends, it's a little bit different with hand matzah and machine matzah. Today I'm basically only talking about hand matzah. Machine matzah, I think, has a little bit of a... Uh, it's different. Machine matzah is different, and it's also harder to measure machine matzah because it has those like one up, one down, whatever the case is, right? So if we are to say, is everybody looking? Is every is it, if we are to say that uh, if we are to accept this basic measurement, let, let's go a little bit the chumrah. Instead of saying that it's half of the density of water, let's say that it's zero point five five. We'll add a little bit just for for good measure, or we could even go to zero point six. Okay. So so according to that, a half of an egg, so twenty seven. 27 cubic, if you want to know how much is matzah weighs, so 27 cubic centimeters is a half of an egg. How much is that in the weight of matzah? 27 divided by 0.55. What's 27? Somebody pull out a calculator. What is 27 divided by 0.55? And what is 17 divided by 0.55? 
49. No, by 0 0.55. 0 0.55. I'm sorry, the other way around. 0 0.55 divided by 27. Is 11 540s. Divided by 27? Yeah. 0.02. So I'm doing it wrong then. The I'll tell you the formula. It's multiplied. Yes, that's what it is. It's 0 0.55 times 27. Okay, I'm sorry. 0 0.55 times 27. 14.85. 14.85. So let's call that 15 grams, okay? So for your kazayas de rice, that's half of an egg. For your first kazayas, is everybody looking? You need how many? What did we say? 14? 14. 14. Let's add. Let's make really it 15. <coughs> let's make it 16, okay? No, we're what are we doing? Because I got lost in this discussion. Okay, we're doing? saying, we basically established that the actual density of matzah is approximately half of the density of water. Let's even go to Khumra and say that it's 0 0.55, okay? So we want to get, and, and, and you want to get an extra gram for that, which got, or two grams were stuck in between your teeth. So we're talking about 17, 16, 17 grams for your derisive, for your first kazais, which we already showed what 17 grams look like, because before in, in before we showed that for the derabonin, but we're just going to show it again. This is 14. That's 18, okay? So this is, according to actual fact that matzah, the matzah is approximately 0 0.5 the density of water, this is 17 grams, this is a kezayis, the erisa, for your first kezayis, this is what you eat. So now now it's looking like our previous derabanan, right? Yes. Now what's a kezayis derabanan now? So what's 0 0.55 times 17, because we go now to a third of an egg. What was my calculator? 0 0.55. There you go. Uh, Tell me again. What are we doing? 0 0.55 times, times 17. Hello. Nine point thirty-five. So now we need ten grams. Okay, you want to see what ten grams of matzah looks like? Okay. You know this is your kairich. <laughs> Whoa, that's the whole thing. Wow. So okay. that, that's already. This is kairich. This is ten grams of matzah shlish beitza. Okay, a third of an egg. Now again, nobody even said that it has to be a third of an egg. The shit is less than a third of an egg. But like a B'chaim, no rights. We don't know how much less, so we say a third of an egg. So, so really it's less than this. But we say we don't know exactly how much less, so we go by this. Everybody sees how little this is? This is, this is like, okay, I must say, I'm, say I'm using Bar Park Matzah, which, again, Bar Park Matzah is quite thick on the spectrum of handmade matzahs. But even so, it's basically the size of the palm of my hand without the fingers, just the actual palm, right? Now... Now, we're not done yet. Not done yet. Yatsazoi. Um, nobody says, by the way, that you're not allowed to eat more than a kazais. A kazais is the minimum amount you have to eat. But, but, uh, but <laughs> that you can eat more, there's no problem to eat more than that. You can eat, yeah. But the problem becomes when you're forcing it, and, and then you don't have to eat it, which is the, uh, you try to do it in two minutes. To eat this in two minutes is not very difficult, is it? Right? Oh. <laughs> you start eating uh, this in two minutes, it's maybe a little bit hard, you know? Yeah, Especially right. you're leaning and it's uncommon, you know? Okay. So now here, really, I'm done. Halacha lamaisa, I'm basically done. That's the end of the class. You got, you, that's the reality, what you need to know. However, however, and here we come to the real big problem in the whole sugi. And the big problem is that, as we said before, all of the poskim who, basically, if you look through the Rishonim, um, 
There are some Rishonim who say, how much you have to eat a kazais. There are some Rishonim who say, how much you have to eat a kazais, and how much is a kazais? Uh, half of an egg, a third of an egg, this, that, yeah. What's the difference between those two? So, across the board, <coughs> all of those who say that it's just the kazais lived in places where people had olives. So, an olive is an olive. You don't need to know what an olive is. And all of those who start telling you what it is relative to an egg, the Baleatosis primarily, they all lived in places where there were no olives. To the extent that you even have a record of, I forget the name of which of the, one of the Talmudim of the Rosenberg, I'm not going to look it up right now, um, in the interest of time, but that he traveled later in his life, he came to Israel and he saw what olives actually looked like, and he changed his mind based on that. Says the Marshal, oh, no, maybe he saw... Maybe he saw small olives, and the and 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 the, and the Gemara says, and the, Mish, the, the Chazal say that you have yeah. to have um, olives that are of oil. Olives that are of oil are much bigger. So he saw small olives, but in fact, that's not actually true. The olives that have oil are smaller. The olives that have bigger have less oil. That's the way that it works. So you see already from the Balayatosis who actually saw olives that they changed their mind. They mm. took off the whole half an egg and a third of an egg. They just said an olive is an olive, and it's much smaller than half of an egg. Um, and um, it's kind of surprising they didn't use the human eyeball as like a measurement because most people's eyes are the same and your eyes don't change as you grow. Yeah, but you're a baby. to volunteer the rise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but everybody's got eyes, you know. It's like like you know in South Africa or whatever, you know, you're not gonna have. Well, in, now, in fact, in Bavel <laughs> and Eretz Yisrael, they were very familiar with the olives. Right. Yeah, that was. Yeah, but you know, Manzanilla olives are like huge. No, but they said, like the, the they said the they said the exact species of olive you're supposed to use, the Zayasaguri, and we know nowadays we know what the Zayasaguri is. Oh. It's it's uh, whatever. There's a scientific name for it, which I wish I would have looked it up is on it Wikipedia. But it's um, but but one second, I'll tell you exactly how much it is, or what the name is. Um, the the the, the mission actually calls it Zayas Samrusi. And uh, in Israel today, they call it. Um, it's the Syrian uh, species of olives. You could read here. In this, so, this sefer called Zayis Ranan is a whole book on this topic. And at the end, he has a summary. And he's presented, it's very funny, cute actually, how he does it. He presents the summary as a conversation between himself and the olive. And he starts <laughs> off by the, the olive asking him. Um, you know, how big am I? And he says, well, obviously, we know that you're the size of half an egg. And he's like, what? No, I'm not. <laughs> and they have this whole, and he brings in all the Rishonim and all the Rais are woven into this conversation. It's very funny. Um, but, anyway, the bottom line, the bottom line is, now, they, they, they bring, they bring many, many, in, in these books, they bring many, many proofs that Obviously, like we know, that an olive is a lot less than a third of an egg, which fits with the Rambam. The Rambam never said it was a third of an egg. And it fits with the Alter Rebbe, Har Be'Pachis, yeah? And it also fits, with, and we also know, like we said before, they discovered pits of olives in archaeological diggings by, uh, I think, in Barakach or whatever. Um, there are many, many riots that the olives never, that the olives are much smaller than that. One of the best riots, one of the best riots that I like is um, the following. If you look, uh, those of you who learn Rambam um, probably, hopefully, know this from the Rambam. One of the measurements that we used in the Beit HaMikdash was a kamitza. Right, now, how many cubic centimeters do you think an average person could hold in their kamitz? 
How do you hold? How do you hold something? A koymetz a flower. That means he three, three. He closes his fist, but only three fingers close. His thumb and his pinky stay open, and whatever fits in that three fingers in this hole in between the three fingers, that is the kmitza. That is a koymetz. How much? How many cubic centimeters are in your koymetz? I think a lot less than a third or a half of an egg, right? Now, if you learn through the sugya, it comes out in the Rambam clearly. The Rambam writes explicitly in Hilchas Ma'aseh Kabbonis. What does the Rambam say? Okay, the Rambam says that a koimetz is no less than two kazesim, two olives, right? So if you're going to take that an olive, even let's take a bit of tam shita, the Rambam, the kilo, the third of an egg shita, right? Could anybody fit two thirds of an egg in a koimetz? It's it's not possible, right? Um, anyway, the the, the the so so basically, the the the, the, the proofs. You could fit the, two kazesim in here. That's the point. Yeah. The proofs that kazais is actually much smaller than a third of an egg basically could be divided into three categories. One category is proofs from shas, from different sugyas and shas. You put different sugyas together, it comes out clear that actually a kazais is a lot significantly smaller than a third of an egg. Um, secondly, there are historic proofs from archaeological and the like that the size of the olive have um, never changed at all. And, the, and part of those proofs are because if you look through the Rambam, that means we mentioned before the proof of finding the, the archaeological, they found the pits, uh, the archaeologists found the pits of the olives. There's many, many historical proofs. One of the historical proofs that's, uh, I think, of important to note is that throughout the Rambam's writings, whether it's in the Mishnah Torah and the Pirisha Mishnah, there's many, many places where the Rambam writes what the measurement of something is. Not just that he talks about the Dharam, which was, I think, a coin or a measure, a weight that they had in those days, um, and other things like that. And, and, and he talks about the, the, the seeds of barley and the pits of dates and many, many different things that the Rambam uses to describe measures. And every single one of them matches up exactly to what we have nowadays. So in order to say that the olives used to be a third of an egg, you have to say that everything in the entire world remained the same besides olives. Olives became smaller. It, 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 it seems like a very strange thing to say. Um, by the way... Um, he brings over here, I'm not going to get into it for too long right now, but he says, in order to say, if you want to say a kamitza has two kazesim, he basically proves from the whole sugya that it's relative to a revius, which means that in order to say that anything changed, you couldn't just say that they used to have bigger hands, you would have to say that they had their hands with the same width as our hands, but much longer fingers. That would be the only way to make sense of, of if you wanted to say that an olive changed with the kamitza being at least two kazesim. Okay? And then finally... Finally, there is another whole area. Again, so so far there's two there's two there's two avenues of proof. One is proofs from sugya sashas that uh, we, that that that, that a is a lot less than a third of an egg. Which, when it comes to that area of proof, you have to question. At the end of the day, why do the poskim not But not the poskim. Why don't they? What do they think of those proofs? Okay, that remains somewhat of a question mark. Number two, we have historical, archaeological, and other historical proofs that an olive is much smaller than a third of an egg. And number three is the fact that it's the, the, in these forums they, they elaborate on this that actually it makes no difference because even if you want to argue for whatever reason for argument's sake that the um, that the olives used to be bigger that's irrelevant because al Torah when the Torah says kazais what the Torah means is the olives that you have nowadays so even if you want to accept that olives used to be bigger that's also irrelevant now let's 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 translate this into practice in practice one minute in practice yes I need to calculate it out in practice can it wait a second, or is it relevant to this? Okay. In, in, in practice, how, what's the, uh, the size of an olive? So, 
the measurements are basically between 5 and 7 cubic centimeters. Let's err on the side of bigger 7 cubic centimeters. What is 0, po- and let's even make it more than 0.55. Let's make it 0.6, just 6, just for fun. 0.6 times, what did we say? Times 7, 7 cubic centimeters. How many grams? 4.2. So that means that really, a kazayas is this. This is a kazayas. No, now we're saying the actual size of an olive, not, uh, <laughs> not, not, not a third of an egg or a thing, right? Now, that we did a bit bigger. We did, we did 0.6 times 7. Really, an olive is, uh, some olives are even 5. 5, and it's really 0.55. Let's do 0.55 times 5. 0.55 times 5 is 2.75. Okay, so that's 3 grams, less than 3. This is 3 grams, right? So it's less than this. Okay. You know, this sounds, now, obs- sounds I was bizarre, I just it's not so bizarre. Uh, it's not, right, exactly. Now, I, I want to finish, this is what I want to finish off. Lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, let's talk halacha lemaisa. Halacha lemaisa, this is, be, this is a, a whole, you sort of, a whole new can of worms. What do you do? You said we finished halacha lemaisa. Ah, I want to go back to halacha lemaisa. Lemaisa, what do you do when the ruling of Shulchan Aruch is based on something which we know historically not to be accurate? And they didn't know that, now we know. So that's, a huge topic, which we can't cover right now. Traditionally, the Messiah is, we follow what it says in Shulchan Aruch. And therefore, if you ask me, how much should you eat a Kazayas Matzah? Absolutely, you should eat a half an egg for the Raisa and a third of an egg for the Rabbanon. And like we said before, those are very small amounts. Those are approximately 10 grams for the Rabbanon and 17 grams for the Raisa. Let's like just, for the sake of the audio recording, let's put that into... Less into, than a into third, more than a quarter was for in, 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 in according to my gram-to-ounce conver- conversion calculator, 10 grams is 0.35 ounces, and 17 grams is 0.59, 0. 0.6 of an ounce, right? And an average borough park matzah is two ounces. An average borough park is two and a half to three ounces. Oh, Yeah, I weighed them before. Again, we showed before, the palm of my hand, this is a, this is a Kazai Strabonin, according to that. Okay. Yeah, this is nine. So maybe you need this. There you go. Yeah, I mean, obviously the scale is not 100%. Right? 10 grams. And if you wanted the eraser, then it goes like this. Okay, there you go. This is 17. Now, that's all. That's not regular. There's two caveats, which I don't really know what to do with these caveats, but I'm just going to mention that. One is, what do you have a person who can't? A zaka and a chayla, something like a celiac. celiac yeah. He can't eat so much matzah. If you want him to eat this, three grams of matzah, you can eat that. So you can okay, be mekamim into the rice, eat this. Yeah? So what do you do in such a case? Maybe it's, maybe b'chagoyinda, somebody who's very old and it's very difficult for him to eat matzah and they could barely swallow any solids. A bit of mitzvah rice, so good. So you give them three or four grams of matzah and you could dip it into water also to make it soft. You can't soak it, but you could dip it a little bit to make it a bit soft. Um, and yeah, the, the mitzvah matzah is more important than the mitzvah. Um, by the way, you can't dip it in the rest of Pesach. If you need to have soft matzah, you would say dip it in juice because then it's not gabrox. But um, Leila said that you can't dip it in juice because it has to be like ammonia, so you have to dip only in water, right? That's one question that you have. Another question that I... So that's one practical relevance. In other words, if I see an old person, and, I, and his choice is not to eat matzo, to eat a three grams of matzo, for sure he should eat three, right? There's another whole area where I'm not really sure what to do with this, and that is that, like I said before, we're talking here about kazayas and kibetzah, but really everything is a spiral effect of this. So when I say, for example, the shir of... For example, lovot. 
in order for something to be lovered, it has to be less than three tfachim. So if you build your sukkah, and people have the straps around the sukkah, so it's made to be less than three tfachim in between each of the straps, right? Now, that's basically using the Rebchaim Noah Shita, that a, a, a tefach is eight centimeters. So three tfachim is less than 24, less than three tfachim has to be less than 24 centimeters, or I think it's, it comes out by nine inches. But if really the shurim are a little bit smaller than Rebchaim Noah, as these people try to demonstrate, so that means that your sukkah is not kosher, because you, you need to make it an inch less in between the straps. Right? Or you're measuring the size of a room for a mezuzah. We know that the mezuzah has to be 4 by 4 amas, which is uh, 36 square, square feet, basically, right? So, 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 so I had recently, I was putting up mezuzahs in a house, and there was one room which was a tiny, tiny bit too small for a mezuzah. But, but maybe it really it is 4 amas by 4 amas. So, in other words, what I'm saying, and, and for bracha achreina, right? The Alter Rebbe says, don't eat, m- don't eat more than, either eat less than a third of a, uh, when you, of anything that you're eating, not just on Pesach, any time in the year. Either eat more than a half of an egg, or eat less than a third, right? So do I have to be machmir not to eat, obviously matzah would be mentioned, but let's say to take three grams of a cookie or something that has the same density of matzah, that if I eat, I shouldn't eat more than three or four grams of it, because I'm already getting myself into a stout that maybe I have to make a bracha achreina, or not. The Alter says don't eat less than a third. As long as I'm eating less than a third of an egg, so I'm eating only six grams, um, then that's fine. So that's a dilemma which I don't really have an answer to. There's no question that in classical poiskim, um, nobody has changed, so to speak, in the classical poiskim from a third of an egg, half of an egg. Nobody has said that we should follow the actual size of an olive. But yet... It's clear that olives hasn't changed, and there's even a story in Gemara of Rabbi Yechonon who ate one olive and made a bracha achreina. So clearly, one olive is in fact the size of, believe it or not, an olive. <laughs> so, so, so that, so that's a problem which, which I don't really have an answer to. Maybe there's greater minds than me that have better answers. Obviously, the authors of these sfarim are advocating, or at least some of them are advocating that indeed we should switch, I think, and consider five to six cubic centimeters to be a kazais, absolutely, the rice, the rabbanon, the chumra, the kula, and everything. But lemaisa nishazlishtet n'shukhan aruch. So that's a little bit of a dilemma what to do with that. But I think besides the dilemmas, I've opened the, the floor for further research and discussion. But halacha lemaisa, what we can take out of here is that the amount of matzah that you have to eat on Pesach is significantly, significantly less than people often uh, say. Those matzahs that are marketed as being a kazais probably have um, approximately four or five kazesim each, and v'chahin um, and, uh, and uh, like I said before, the stories of many, many G'dayli Yisrael throughout the generations, including the Rebbe, who had, again, by today's quote-unquote colloquial common standards, very, very small kazesim, and like I said, there's no reason to be more machme, and um, in some cases, the chumran do'asadeh uh, just one caveat. There's no reason to be more machmir. I want to take back. Some people will say that at the end of the day, Reb Chaim Noah was a prominent poskik, and we follow thing, so we should follow Reb Chaim Noah. But again, even if you want to follow Reb Chaim Noah, um, for the Kazai Raisa, it's much less than a half of a, it, we said before, it was basically just, just over a quarter of a bar park matzah, maybe less than a third of a bar park matzah, and that was your biggest possible chumrah, even according to Reb Chaim Noah's tremendous chiddish, and even that was only for the kazais de Raisa, but if you're having a kazais de Rabbanon, or if you're having two kazaisim for the kazais de Raisa, that also became um, of irrelevance. So I hope everybody enjoyed, and uh, thank you for joining